It's not until we're several sheppies away from the Gorefields that I dare to break this trance Frida's gotten herself into. Talking to herself, mumbling. Previous self, crumbling. By such time, the two pieces of evidence available to me I've synthesized. The hell-bent nature of her stride and that look in her eyes. And with these hypothesized, what in Todd's name just happened? See, there was no change in her pace, no stopping her. No, why, hello, Todd, how are you? I tell you, it might could be amusing if not so confusing. This void of a person, no chance of diffusing, intent to lay waste to any obstacle in their path. So, of course, I walk to the side. And when the time feels right, I say to her, My dear Frida, you do realize, I assume, you set the whole ding-dang place on fire? Absolutely no response. And they say I'm the rude dude with a dude. I've got to say, though, I don't hate this Frida. She's got the walk of bridges burned, of lovers spurned, of hard-won lessons learned. The look of someone with no intent to return, at least not to that Duke fellow, a little too mellow for my Frida, and a bit of an apologist, you know, never really did seem to get the gist of this whole situation. To be fair, I'm not sure even I get the gist of this whole situation. But I do what I can. I try to be a good friend. Frida's the one refusing my truffles again and again. I tell her it'll take the edge off, but I suppose she wants to keep her edges sharp. And finally, she tells me why, as she goes, the fuck off. The black moth was wrong to demand. The cure for this land could ever be by Pendergrass's hand. A pathetic-ass man he'll never understand. It's the whole ding-dang regime he's got to disband. And if you ask me, it's not too much a kink in our plan. And honestly, I don't even give a damn. I say, oh, Frida, Frida, oh, honey. You clearly give a damn. You give plenty of dams. Perhaps too many a damn. But really, what matters now is, where are we? Todd, is that a strip mall? Oh, a shopping spree for me. Don't mind if I do. So, we may go way past Forever 69. I'm downright shocked she has no interest in this. Everything is so nice. Everywhere I look, nice, nice, nice. But before I know it, she leaves me behind, saying she's off to Racy's department store. I lose track of time frolicking about everything I could ever want more in Wuzzy Falls. It really does have the finest wares in all of Wormwood. It was a joy just to play with them. When I catch up to her, she's uh, just about to enter Racy's. It's clear she's been to Bob Zombie and Bitch. She's got her arms full of steel pipes, containers, a torch, who knows what else. Like she's preparing for the apocalypse, which we all realize has already happened, right? She doesn't look at me. Her eyes are fixed on the perfume counters. She drops her gear and clears the shelves in less than a minute. And her conviction is a bit disconcerting. I say, hey, Frida... We came here for a bit of fun, didn't we? Isn't there something nice you'd like? She keeps tinkering on the floor, emptying the perfume bottles into a container. Maybe a token for Sabrina when you see her. What do you think? She looks up at me. Moonstone, she says. Then goes back to screwing parts together. I do not normally take kindly to commands, but I say to myself, Todd... Your girl is having a hard time. Go find her a moonstone and perhaps a tasty treat. So, I leave her there, testing a fire starter. And it is that moment I realize I have made a huge mistake. Wake up to the job of the bell. No sweat, now feeling swell. Like she got 
Nothing, Austin. Chaos is a ladder. Sometimes you do it just because you can. But no, that's not what that phrase means. Chaos is a ladder I don't because care. it leads somewhere. Something, something, chaos. Hashtag Joker. I don't care. I'll be Whatever to you. Chris said, can we put that on my tombstone? <laughs> Chris's ladder from chaos just goes off a cliff. He's not going anywhere with that's it. That's fine. <laughs> I get to see the sights before I go. Oh my god. That's a way of looking at it, I guess. So we all leveled up. Are we gonna? Do we talk about that? Wait, what podcast are we doing? Because all of a sudden, Laura stepped up and started charting a direction, <laughs> and I feel very disoriented. Ah, <laughs> uh, yep, that's where we're gonna start this episode. Is everyone has leveled up? So I'm actually gonna need uh, five character sheets to be explained to the audience in succession. Who wants to go first? I'll, I'll go, go first. Okay, you shouted louder. <laughs> That's how it works. Yeah, you can go first if you want, Laura. It's okay. You go first. I don't get that much. That's fine. Cool. So, I leveled up. And a fun thing that I got, the the thing that I got, like, the, the only thing that's cool is I got to, I got to expand my favorite enemy, uh, which uh, so far has been humanoids. And so if I'm fighting against them, I get plus two to bonus damage rolls and advantage on shit and like lots of cool stuff. Um, so now if I've I chosen elementals as my second favorite enemy and I get to know a language uh, related to that enemy. And so I took primordial because based on my uh, perusing of the book in Google... That's the language of <laughs> elementals. <laughs> it sure is, yeah. Primordial is actually a language family, like the romance languages in our That's world. That's what I was wondering. Is like, do I only get one or do I get the whole family? No, I mean, this is, you're expending part of the whole reason to be a ranger on this. So you, let's say you have a passable knowledge of Terran, Aquan, Ignan, and the other one. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Shut up. I didn't forget. You forgot. Orin. Orin. Orin, yes. Yeah, we've been dealing, we've been encountering a lot of elementals, so it seemed yeah, like a good idea. What if I could have talked to Ruth Toothbader Ginsburg from the beginning? You, you know, conversational in all those languages, you could hold a conversation with like a, a school-age pen pal. I'd be like, hello, where is the bathroom? <laughs> now, the important thing to know about elementals, of course, is that they're barely above animals. They're like parrots or dolphins. In intelligence, uh, so they can do some rudimentary communication. The most uh, useful thing for that language will be talking to Genasi and uh, their kin, because that's where they'll be like, "Oh, so you were, you went to a good uh, school in the castle, like in the rich people part of town, and maybe they'll they'll be a little bit more open to you then." Oh, so they'll no longer sneer at my overalls. And they might still. We'll see. The class dynamics are up up for grabs. But yeah, you've you've uncovered my, my overalls are fashionable. When will people get it? <laughs> you've uncovered my plot to have elementals be the key enemy of the season. So congratulations on that, Lauren. Thank you. I've achieved something this year. Wow, really? So <laughs> the like five elementals we've encountered over the course of what's <laughs> that episodes. also didn't. <laughs> 
We never would have guessed. Um, but so uh, basically where this scene is taking place is before the party leaves the gore fields, everyone has to like pull themselves together after p- feasting all night. And so Lola Beans, I think, where, where do you find yourself the night after the big feast? Just to set your level up for, for a moment here. <laughs> like a Like a library? Does he have, like, the Rosetta Stone on a computer? <laughs> oh, okay. I w- had no idea you were going to go there. But I do like the idea that you l- just wander into, like, the Duke's private residence in the vineyard. And you just start going through his library. That's very funny. That's what I do when I get really, really wasted is I just spend all night, like, reading about facts of things. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, I think I think Duke Pendergrass eventually finds you in there. And he just p- pops his head and he says... What are you doing in my library, Mrs. Beans? Um, well, I had got really full, so then I wanted to lay down, but it was too warm where we were. And I was like, this room looks chilly. And then I came in here, and there were books, and so I just kind of been rolling around the floor reading books for a while. Oh, that is much more innocent than I had feared. Um, I... What? What did you think I was up to? Well, your young companion, who you obviously feel very protective of, has decided to stay and do training. I thought perhaps you had come to shoot me in back of head or something to for protect. Oh, no. Do, do, wait, have you done something that I should shoot you in the head for? No, training will be very difficult, but people are very protective and they do rash things to... For sake of children, I do not know. You may be unhinged. Uh, well, I'm definitely unhinged, but I'm not, like, I'm not gonna shoot you unless you do something bad. And then I'll probably shoot you. Uh, but just don't do it. That is nice to know. Did you take care of Giraffe? Describe to me how you solved Giraffe's situation off screen. I baked him a, b- a bread pudding. Lauren. <laughs> 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 what? I want to see drawings of a giraffe eating brick bread pudding. That is such a perverse incentive we have on the show just to say shit and <laughs> see people draw it. It's like how people, you know, they'll leave out milk mm-hmm. or bread for hedgehogs and ducks. Don't leave them milk or bread. It's unhealthy. Um, but this is a magical giraffe, so we can have bread pudding, which is both bread and milk. One head of the giraffe hydra loves pudding. One loves leaves. One only tells the truth and one only lies. Oh, there's four heads now. <laughs> I was just trying who, to make a who joke. Who killed it? And got, wait, who cut off its head while we were gone? Hey, hey, there's only three heads. The fact that there was a fourth head, that was the lie. Oh, <laughs> so what if it was like a paper mache, like one that somebody stuck on top? Laura, doesn't that make me the hydro giraffe? Because I said it. <laughs> I don't know. Are you the hydro giraffe? My cover is blown. Hello, hydro giraffe. How you feel about bird pudding? Bird pudding? Burp- bread pudding. Bird bourbon. I heard bird pudding. Bird like, pudding. Bird- oh no, you're not. A, no, you're not a carnivore. I'm not putting any birds in your pudding. <laughs> That's like it sounds like an English slang for something sexual. Putting a bird in the pudding. <laughs> I see. I just assumed bird pudding. Bird pudding was you know. <laughs> I was like bird pudding. Was fecal matter? Oh no, yeah. Conrad, you, you made it. I've lost, I've lost control of my bread pudding. Yeah. Okay, so you lured the hydro giraffe into an enclosure with pudding and then just left it there? What does it have? Oh, uh, well, I had to leave it like a little trail. It's, you know, that's how you like... It's like when you're playing with a cat with a string and you have to like slowly take it around the corner so they freak out and run after it. 
Um, I did that, but with food. Okay, yeah, I mean, this animal's only contact with people is being gaslit. We've established this. Yeah, yeah, gotta trick him into snacks. Um, and then, uh, you know, I, I, I gave him more when we were in his house. <laughs> and then I locked the door behind me because that's his house now. Well, I am very, very thankful for this. Uh, feel free to take a primordial phrase book. I see you have there. You've already gotten your sticky fingers, all the jam, all over at the cover. Wait, my, my fingers aren't that sticky. That's uh, offensive. Now, is, is that not jam? Oh, from jam. I thought you meant because I'm a gecko. Oh, no, I would not say that. Whoa, what a, what a mix-up. What a- yeah, I was really upset. Are you familiar, perhaps, with a country song, Accidentally Racist? <laughs> no. Oh, God. That's a real song, isn't oh, it? Oh, yeah, it sure is. <laughs> oh. Uh, Has the internet already forgotten about Accidentally Racist, the hit song I of- must have missed that entirely, but I'm going to discover it. Um... Yeah, so Duke Pen- Pentagrass just says, so we, there is no weirdness with group leaving Sabrina here? Everyone is on board? I mean, uh, I don't know about everybody else, but it's uh, it's fine. It's not, I mean, it's not like you're going to be just like unchecked. Or just, you'll be watched. I'm not going to tell you who's watching you, but you're going to be watched. Fair enough. Uh, but yeah, no, no, uh, no quails to the head yet. Well, the last, okay, not that, that the end, it is, it is fine. Yet, as I say, yet sounds like it's gonna happen. Like it's Chekhov's quill, right? Uh, but, uh, it's only if you fuck up really hard. Like if you do something really bad, right? And even then I try to shoot you like in the elbow or something first, but I have no reason to shoot you as of right now, so. I will keep this in mind. I think it's a fair consensus. It's a fair place to be at emotionally. Right? Like, I'm not going to kill you because you're cool. But then if you're not cool, I might kill you later. I realize that this is a song about a guy wearing a Confederate flag t-shirt. And I'm just like, oh, Jesus fucking Christ. Sorry, go oh, on. Oh, God. No, we were back into accidentally. Yeah, yeah, no, I, yeah. Sorry, didn't mean to interrupt. All right, bread pudding giraffe. Yes, thank you very much, Ola Beans. Somebody else needs to level up. We didn't even say the number. We're at level six now, huh? Yeah, well, m- most of us are. There's a couple of exceptions to that, I think. <laughs> I'm level six, though, so I'm going to jump in. Uh, oh, yeah. Vintrust is level six. Uh, still sticking in on those cleric levels, so cleric level six. I'll start with the stuff I actually got for becoming level six, which is I got some extra HP. I get to use Channel Divinity uh, twice per rest rather than just once now, and I've got a thing called Blessed Healer, which means that every time I cast a healing spell on someone that isn't me, I gain a little bit of HP back. It's not a lot, but I gain a little bit back just for healing other people, which is great. The cool thing I get, though, which we established last episode, is I now have wild talent, so I get a bunch of cool psionic shit. I have increased strength, my strength bonus has gone up, I get a D8 psionic die that I can use for a bunch of stuff. Anytime I make a strength check, I can add a D8 to it. That can be before or after the roll. Uh, if I do a melee attack that uses my strength number, I can re-roll one of the damage die with a D8 instead. The, the dice go up and down sometimes. Basically, if I get a crit or a botch on that, that psionic die, it becomes a better or worse die, respectively, for a bit. 
Um, and once per long rest, I can turn that psionic die back to its starting size. So if I completely fuck up and keep botching, I, I, I can get my die back. So, Vindros, you don't sleep. So after the party is winding down for most of the other characters, you're free to go and, like, practice your psionics. Uh, is there any particular place you want to do that to set this scene? Oh, I can't think of any anywhere off the top of my head, but Vindros definitely does spend the whole night practicing. The roof! The roof is always a pretty cool place to train. That's what I'm saying. Just under the moonlight. <laughs> so when I think Vindros and roofs, I think about the, the loft of the barn where you jumped up just to get the lay of the land and uh, re- really save that situation when the scarecrows were attacking you. So I like to think of you doing your psionic exercises up there when you see uh, Amy coming across the field from the party looking kind of sullen. Uh, what, what do you want to do about that? You can, I mean, you can detect thoughts, so you know she's just thinking about her sister and being sad. I'll, I'll, I'll hop down and see how she's doing. Oh, so you're, I mean, you're a very large bug person. You jump out of the loft of her barn, and she sees you and's a little startled at first, but then sees who you are and says, "Well, hello. I, I see that you're taking to the leadership thing. Well, everyone's really excited about all you're doing. Could keep up the good work." I'm, 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 I, I did well on one instance and hopefully won't fuck that up, I guess. Um, how are, how are you doing? I've, I've been better. Um, yeah, I mean, I guess it's better that Sabrina is here rather than running around the world considering all the elementals are trying to eat everyone, but. Well, I mean, considering your high, high esteem of us and how amazing we are, I mean, prob- probably safer here than with us. <laughs> well, sp- speaking of esteem for you all, you're about to go back to Harp City and try to make contact with the leader of the resistance there. Do you have any leads? I don't remember. Do we have any leads? I cannot remember if we have leads. I mean, we know Marcel there and there's a little bit of like contact we have. There was also like the drug rings that we kind of knew, but well, we mur- yeah. we killed them. We're not on great terms with the drug ring. <laughs> that was yeah. the smuggling ring. The drug ring was a different thing. Oh, okay. So what you're telling us is that we have to go shove somebody inside of another pelican. Well, yeah, we're gonna have to go run an errand first. But the Don, who was in charge of smuggling in Harp City, is dead. So any leverage you might have had with him has kind of come to a close. And right now, only Corton knows about the the drug operation there because he got it from the beetle at the apothecary. So you're gonna have to, he's gonna have to reveal that to you for the rest of the party to know. I think from your perspective, Vindros, you have no idea what to do except maybe talk to Marcel. Yeah, uh, Vin- Vindros. Relays, yeah, bas- basically no clues other than, Marcel, do you know what's up? Uh, Amy just says, well, my father's been trying to find the resistance leaders for many years now. To kill them, obviously, not to make contact with them. So I would know if if our family had that information, unless Marcel's also cooking up some kind of plot behind father's back, and I don't know about that, so... Okay, okay so basically no leads then. That's that's what I'm worried about. I'm, it seems like your first task after a big battle is something my father's been failing at for years. So my apologies. Yeah, yeah, but but I I can read I can I can read minds, and I'm just really cool. I'm sure if I just like talk to people, it'll work out fine. Definitely. 
When you say you can read minds, she immediately just <laughs> starts walking away back to the barn to go to bed. It's like, well, good night, Vendross. Good luck with that. <laughs> it's not like it's happening all the time. Okay, well, still not great. Sorry. <laughs> oh, I was quite proud of reading minds. I guess I'll go. Now, you said we have five characters to level up. Do I have to level up, uh, Sabrina? You can, you can mention it. Uh, yeah, well, I'll just real quick mention that Sabrina is level six in so- Sorcerer, and uh, I got a gigantic party-wide buff that makes everyone stronger, uh, and then I left the party. So <laughs> that's sometimes just how it goes. And uh, I don't know. Maybe we'll see what she's like uh, somewhere down the line. Yeah, we're definitely going to have one more scene with Sabrina because the party would say goodbye to her. So that's not like she just disappears into the mists forever. So Austin, you wanna... I only prepared my vocal cords for one voice today. So she's going to have to talk like Bramwell. I don't make the rules. But... <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, uh, in the meantime, uh, Sabrina, do you, after the party, do you just go home and sleep and just don't talk to anyone about your decision until you absolutely have to? Yeah, probably. That sounds about how a 10-year-old will deal with it. Sick. Okay, let's let's have that, and then you, we go into Bramwell. All right. <sighs> I didn't mean it like that. <laughs> Tell us about Bramwell's level up, you son of a bitch. Okay, so I'm dumb. I'm a very, very dumb person. Oh, no, not you too. <laughs> so um, I took a level in a class that's not fighter. And the thought process behind that was I was like, Bramwell broke his arm. So he can't really fight anymore. So it'd be weird to take another level one fighter because he wouldn't do that anymore. Like he can't really fight. Uh, and I spent this whole time putting together a new character sheet. And then like four hours ago, I was like, why do I have a shield? And then I realized stone Warhammer is a one handed weapon. So I actually could have just stayed fighter. I didn't have to <laughs> do anything, but it's already done. So uh, I'm a level one cleric now as well. Wait, is his arm just broken forever? I mean, it'll probably recover, but once you get into your later years, your bones don't recover nearly as well. That's well, true. If okay. Bramwell needs any any cleric lessons, a whole six levels over here give give you some pointers. Aww. I don't know if Bramwell knows he's a cleric, though. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's what we have to establish in this scene, is like, how does Bramwell's power manifest? Um... Can there be like uh like a, like an injured person and he heals them and then they say something nasty and he breaks their shin anyway. <laughs> what? Uh- <laughs> I kind of just want to find a reason to break someone's shin. He just wants you just want I want to be a violent cleric. Murder cleric. Hey, we've had those before. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a cleric of violence, Austin. Oh yeah. Actually literally, I forgot. I forgot how my cleric domain is war, so I actually am kind of a cleric of violence. So you were talking about healing people. So, I mean, where my mind goes to is there was just a big battle between these armies, and there's probably some kind of medical tent set up where people are doing healing, and the, the Aethar people are getting healed up as well so they can leave. And so you're, you, like, walk into one of these tents just looking for people to help with, you know, more mundane medical stuff. And then your power manifests and you just manage to heal someone to your own great surprise? Uh, I'd like to think it was almost in 
like maybe talking to somebody because there was a moment during that big last fight where Bramwell basically had to watch Corton go down and he couldn't do anything to help. He was like, all I know how to do is break. And now maybe, maybe he's manifested a way to be useful in another way. Okay. So yeah, to explain to the audience what the, what the, the domain of war gives you. So, uh, I can attack more, basically. I can, uh, when I use the attack action, I can choose to make another weapon attack as a bonus action. So I can attack three times normally, uh, but I only could do it on a certain number of charges. And then I get a, a bunch of spells that are mostly related to combat. So, like, I have Divine Favor and Shield of, Shield, uh, Shield of Faith. So it makes people harder to hit. Okay, so you're in this medical tent. You're giving people advice. You're trying to be be a teacher and a leader. And you're, uh, I think, who walks into this tent is Lima Day, who you have uh, seen before in the interrogation. She's a robot frog. Um, she's here to collect the last of the Aethar soldiers who are being healed, so she can leave the country. And she she walks in and sees you and is very nervous because you just were in a fight with her. Where you know, you know, she kidnaps Sabrina, so she fully expects you to try to attack her or something, even though that would violate the agreement Corton made and kill Corton. But you know, just an instinctual flinch when she sees you. Yeah. Uh. So I won't crush her and kill Corton. Although the fact that you offered that to me was a temptation I had to resist because chaos is a ladder. Uh. <laughs> but I would like to believe that Bram was going to get up and say. Charge Corporal Day. Yeah, that's it's me. Are you? I mean, you have every right to be mad. Are you mad? Or are you? Why should I be mad? I crushed you twice now on the field of battle. <laughs> Once on my hammer, and the second time underneath Preposterous's hoof. And it worked for your mother's magic. You would have been ground to a fine paste. Oh, okay. Are you are you bragging and boasting? I mean, you already won. It doesn't have to get weird and nasty. No, I just wanted to tell you that there would be no cause of concern on my end as I am very confident I would win another fight should it happen. Yeah, that's probably true. I have a lot of I have a lot of training to do. I'm in a lot of trouble, I think. Well, it seems as though most of your fundamentals are still there. It's perhaps just ambition that gets the better of you in the heat of battle. And perhaps your conviction isn't quite there. Maybe there's a part of yourself that even realizes a part of your philosophy is a bit misguided. What part would that be? The part where you want to stop bad guys? The part where you believe that all conduits are evil. Even if they're all not literally evil, they can all be used for evil, and they're all very powerful, so if just if you work out the math, it seems like a good idea to try to stop them. Is every tool evil? Are you going to give me the, the tool isn't evil, it's the wielder speech? That feels like a little bit like elementary for you, wise battle teacher. No, not at all, but you're under the impression that a conduit, because it can be used for evil, must be destroyed. And that seems like a poor waste of somebody with martial prowess such as yourself. I just think that as much as I love that chestnut, there's the opposite one, which is about absolute power corrupting absolutely. And it seems like that usually happens, so. What happens when all of the conduits are gone? Who's the most powerful then? Jesus. Our Lord and Savior. Just kidding. <laughs> I want to fight you again now. <laughs> it doesn't matter if Gorton dies. I have to beat you up again. Um, so it's, it's, is there any hint to Lima that you have any new abilities here? Because I'd like to think there's like a weird... 
a weird serenity to Bramwell that you you would think shouldn't be there considering his sole vow is to protect Sabrina and he now has to leave her. And there's this weird purpose he seems to be finding in in looking into other people. You're really okay with with Sabrina staying? I heard that you all are going to leave tomorrow without her. It's unfortunate, but I believe the best in her beyond mind. She lacks wisdom, but I don't believe she lacks character. And besides, there's still far much more for me to do for not just Sabrina, but perhaps for all the Wolfram children. Should one day come where young Uj Janasi comes upon you looking for their mother, who you guys helped facilitate out of the area, I would like you to see that you could assist them in the greatest way possible. Aww. That's very sweet. Uh, I, can, in exchange, can I have my family's cestuses back? I could give you one back. What? Why one? Because I like one, and the other arm's broken, so... <laughs> That's not what I was expecting the answer to that to be. Um, yeah, I guess I guess you can give her back one. She can't make you give her both. Very interesting. Well, the thing about that, how that affects its ability to do uh, the earthquake spell going forward, it makes it stronger for some reason. But only, but only for Bramble. Yeah. It doesn't work for her. Nope. For her, it's actually wor- It's actually like she gets she gets the bad yeah, one. Yeah, it's like parasitic. It's actually killing her to have that one. Oh my god! All right, <laughs> is it like fucking <laughs> like venom or carnage? Yep. So you give one of the uh, Doom Guard Cestuses back to Lima Day, who's going to leave with the Aethar. You still have one uh, to support your broken arm, which you can absolutely still use to fight if you want to, because of how fighting works so good job chris i just won't be able to use a shield <laughs> all right um conrad's last huh i am i guess uh so you know last time we did level up i uh uh held back and i didn't take my uh fifth bard level for Corton. uh so here we go um that's the big one and so we're gonna multi-class with fighter uh, take a level in fighter instead of instead of hitting that level five. Instead of hitting that level five, <laughs> of course. Um, so Corton's gonna pick up uh, a dueling fighting style, which uh, gives an additional two damage when he is only equipped one-handed. Uh, it gains proficiencies in uh, medium armor and simple weapons and martial weapons and shields. And uh, get second wind to regain hit points once per short rest as a bonus action. So where do you go after the feast, and how do you f- how do you picture Corton becoming a more proficient fighter? Oh, Corton's going into the fields uh, to um, use Scarecrow's as training dummies. That makes perfect sense. You have the sword cane now from Mister Hendrix, mm-hmm. the mine owner, and so you're doing just like the most intense like samurai training out here with the uh, scarecrow dummies by moonlight that'd make good art just saying <laughs> here we go again <laughs> now is there anything in particular besides just working on your technique are you you're doing are you like incorporating bard techniques as well or is this just like a separate thing you're just getting better at sword 
he's not working to incorporate it yet. He may find that, but he's always viewed that tool as being something used not so much for combat, but for manipulation. And now he's realizing he needs to be more combat proficient in the days ahead. So he's training in that direction. So while you're doing that, I think uh, coming through this field is uh, Charlie, the mole leader of the resistance here. And she watches you do that for a while before intervening, probably waiting for you to take a little break. And, and, you know, she is also a a really physically fit person from all all the work here. And she watches you and she's eh, reasonably impressed. I mean, she's seen better, but it's it's not shabby. You're not like all talk. And she says, uh, how many people have you killed? What a flex. Wow. People. Nope. Never killed any people. Anything else? Anything big, scary? Well, I took down that glass demon. <laughs> sure you did, buddy. No, I've had a few scrapes. Nothing major. Normally, I wind up with someone else there that um, that takes care of it. Yeah, so for just for the audience keeping home at score, you killed some halflings, but you don't consider them people, and you slashed some people during that last fight, but you're you're ruling now for storytelling that they, they were not fatally wounded when you you cut them down with your sword cane. Yeah. Okay. Perfectly reasonable character choice. I definitely like the idea that Cortana in his mind still hasn't crossed that line, even if other people think he has. So did you need something? I mean, other than, you know, a statistic. Yeah, I had a little matter of timing to discuss with you vis-a-vis the end game of our plan. Mm-hmm. And what uh we're going to need to get to we're going to need to get to Harp City and find the rest. Uh, how much time do we have? Yes, that's the next step, but after that, and you get all the resistance members together, we're going to take on God King Wolfram himself. And my real question is, how long do we wait before there are no Wolframs in line for the throne? You can't wait long. You can't give them an opportunity to consolidate power. That's my concern. If Are, are we talking about a situation where the God King's body is at your feet when you turn? And tell Amy that she's not getting the promotion? Or is this a coronation assassination to send a message? Is this a several years of politicking and maneuvering before quietly shuffling her away kind of thing? I need to know if my people need to be ready. I don't want to be surprised by the whims of your blade. Um, I'm not a fool. We turn immediately, it'll be chaos. We'll need time for her to get into place, and then she will make an excellent example. And besides, I don't think we can make everybody wait years. Good. So not years, but not right in the thick of things before we've made the proper preparations. It requires coordination. Everyone needs to understand what happens after. Good. I like that. No matter what people say about you, it doesn't feel like it doesn't feel like this is a self-destructive thing with you. All I want 
is a nice, quiet, safe place with my people. All right, we're on the same page then. Good luck with your uh, scarecrow murdering. Hmm. And good luck with your uh, farming. So everyone's leveled up. Corton and Gentleman Branwell have both multi-classed. A very chaotic start to this new arc. Uh, so it's the morning of the departure for the crew of the Thriller Bark. And this is your last chance to talk to Sabrina for a while. So I think the last thing I want to see is like as the crew is getting ready to to set off, they're putting all their their equipment into the ship and about to about to head out. Uh, this is when Sabrina comes out to wish everybody a, a farewell, and this is where we have the. Big conversation. Everybody's here. Smash Bros. Everybody is here. Alright, so, uh... You know, I just want you to know, I know it's like, you can be here alone, that might be scary, but, uh... You know that if you're ever in any trouble, just talk to, you know, a little bird or a little mouse, and, uh... It'll get to me. It'll be cool. Um, and, you know, sometimes if you ever find an animal who needs a little help and you help them, that may be your new best friend, so. Just be good, I guess. I make no promises. Well, good is subjective, but, uh, treat yourself right. You have saved our asses more times than I can count. I say that just to point out, if you use those same ass-kicking abilities to keep yourself safe, you're going to be totally fine until we see you again. You are capable, and I hope this goes well for you. I'm going to give, I mean, Lola's going to give Sabrina her shiniest rock. (gasps) The shiniest rock? Aren't you going to need this? If you need to distract something with something shiny... I have other shiny things, and also I got like I got like five animal friends now, so it's cool. I can distract them with like Sandra or something. Uh, as I was say, I want to give Lola a stick in return. Hell yeah! What's the stick do? Nothing. It was for Yuminor to eat, but now Yuminor has like a whole grove of trees to eat, so he doesn't need that anymore. It's small. I'll do something cool with it. You could whittle it into like a, a stab thing. So that's what I was just thinking. I was like what if I what if I wheel this down to a shank? That's also your word of the day, shank. Use it in a sentence. Uh, I made a shank so I could shank that bitch in the back. So it's a noun and a verb. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can it be an adverb? Well, it's an adverb. Like I shankly walk down the stairs. Nah, I don't think so, but um, we can try to get that going. Maybe. Well, you try it here, I'll try it there, and when we come back, or whenever you send a bird to talk to me, we'll get together and figure out if it's working. Cool. For next time. Because we'll see you again. And I'm going to give her a hug. You get a hug. Apparently I have jam all over my fingers, so sorry. Can I add that to my inventory? One hug? Yes. Oh. One jammy hug. 
Uh, Corton's gonna uh, go over and and kneel down uh, next to Sabrina and say, um, "I know what it's like to go somewhere and not know what you expect to find on the other side, but I found you, and that worked out okay." Uh, I think Sabrina is going to give Corton a big hug and she's going to very quietly say, I was worried you would hate me. I just want you to be happy, child. And he hugs her back. Aww. And gets up and just silently turns and goes and gets on the thriller bark. Uh, all the NPCs of the Thriller Bark also say their farewell to Sabrina. Um, I think uh, Zerg gives you a lockpick because now you're proficient with thieves' tools uh, because you're his friend. I think uh, Staples gives you a severed finger she found. Or actually, rather, she she threw up because she ate a man is what happened there. Uh, <laughs> Can I... I want to, like, interrupt it and be like, I still am not entirely sure who you are. <laughs> That's fine. I don't give a shit. Bye. Let's <laughs> staples. Goodbye, I guess. So as everyone's walking over to give you items, Weaver approaches with his hands kind of uh, poised as if he's going to hand you something. But then he just kind of opens them wide and says, the things we own end up owning us, you know? So just like take these good vibes. And also, I don't have anything to give you. So... <laughs> Immediately following this, Vindras is going to walk over and go, I mean, I didn't really have anything to give you, but after hearing that, I feel like I need to give you something to apologize for that happening. Uh, so she digs through her equipment, and literally the only thing that's even vaguely like not terrible to give a child, the closest to not terrible, is a shot put. I don't know why I have a shot put in my equipment. It's actually not a shot put. It, I mean, it... It hasn't been used as a shot put. You took it from the sports authority, didn't you? Yes, that would be it. Yes, um, to potentially use as a cannonball if needed. Yes, a cannonball. Okay. Yes, that, uh, that's what it was. Yeah, Vindros will, will place one down and go, I mean, I guess you can use it for strength training. I really don't have anything to give you, but like, I, I feel real bad that he came and gave you the, the whole... The whole possession's an evil shtick. This is actually really nice. I could use my magic on it and shoot it really far and really fast and it could hurt someone. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm definitely good at gift giving. I've been trying to think, Sabrina's wisdom is an eight, so I'm trying to figure if that means she would think Weaver's sentiment was really wise or if she wouldn't get it at all. Insight, if you really want to know. I got a six. No, you think this is a, a genuine a nugget of powerful wisdom. This is something you're going to reflect on in the days to come, even though he just didn't have anything and made up some bullshit to excuse himself. Sham. Yeah, that's fucking dime store philosophy bullshit. No. <laughs> Wait, hold on. Is Chuck Palahniuk not a genius? He's Ukrainian, so he gets a pass from me. I mean, it's uh, I've always kind of felt like a, a lot of his problem is uh, much like many things, his fans. Yikes. Like Rick and Morty. Now I have to leave all this in. 
Because we're just dunking on him with hot takes that are exciting. No, I'm dunking on myself. I love Chuck Palahniuk. I don't know if love. I, I don't know if I love him. I just well, I did when good. I was younger. It's been a long time. Invisible yeah. Monsters was a more interesting use of the Chuck Palahniuk technique that he got, you know, popular with in Fight Club. It, it's a way more interesting. Book. I believe I. Yeah, I, I like Choke. I the book, the movie was terrible, but the book was pretty good. I haven't seen the movie of Choke, but I've mm. read the book. I know it has a lot to do with Jesus's foreskin, which is pretty tight. Yeah, just like uh, JoJo's Bizarre Adventure Part Seven. <laughs> I can't remember. I don't know what's wrong with me because I can't remember like which ones I read. But oh boy, let me tell you about Agatha Christie. <laughs> that's like <laughs> that's like the only thing I can remember reading. Actually, Invisible Monsters on Reflection is probably terrible. I bet they're all much worse than we remember. I really liked Rant at the time, which is about like car crashes that send people through time or something. And now that I said it out loud, I'm like, oh, that probably sucks. But I really liked it when I read it. Is this Invisible Monsters the one with the plane crash? No, Invisible Monsters is the one with the, um, yeah, no, that's terrible now. That's yeah, real bad. They're all pretty See, I bad. mostly remember the one with the plane crash, and I don't remember much I mean, about is, it. This is the one about people wandering around stealing prescription drugs out of old people's homes. Um, <laughs> there's oh, Chuck. one where he just put a group of awful people into a house together, and then you found out their backstories, and I think one of them was like a- And people form. stopped being polite and started to get angry. <laughs> it was actually meant to be a criticism of reality television because they basically all decide it's not worth it to be rescued. Let the people come to us and we'll mutilate ourselves in the meantime so we can get better sponsorship deals for our movies when the like we finally get rescued. Nice. And um, everyone's awful. Yeah, Haunted is the short story collection with the framing device of the reality television thing. That that's that's famously where the story guts comes from. Yeah, Ooh, oh boy, yeah. that's a good and well, not to you know continue wasting time. But uh, speaking of reality, have you guys seen Sex House? No. Yeah. Oh, it's on YouTube. It's like six episodes. It's not long. Totally worth it. It's fantastic because it starts out and then it. Mm, it's very good. I'm glad we got something useful out of there instead of just throwing our Chuck Palahniuk hot takes into the show because it's, we like them. It's hard to stand by a hot take when it's been like 12 years since I've read anything about him. Yeah, if, if it turns out Rant is terrible, I'm sorry, and I disown the Austin who said that. He's he's canceled. Anyway. Listen, sometimes we really like things that are bad. It's okay. We should have ended the scene on Corton hugging Sabrina. It was very touching, and then it kept going. The last person... <laughs> yeah. Austin, you, you have the ability to edit and just move that scene to the end. No, we've talked too long about it. No, it's actual play. We got to leave it in. I just oh. want to say the last person to w say goodbye to Sabrina is Young, uh, who just says, uh, thanks for giving me a chance and letting me be first mate. You've changed my life and I'll never be able to repay you, but I'm going to try. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. The boat's gone. I have a much better boat now. I've really upgraded my boat. But wasn't that boat precious to you? <laughs> I mean, I liked it. And it's like, in the way you have sentimental attachment to something. But it's like, I, I'd rather have something that's actually good. <laughs> that was my favorite boat. It's your only boat. Of course it's your favorite boat. That's how defaults work. You gotta get a new boat, Sabrina. I'm gonna miss you, young. Don't vomit everywhere, though. <laughs> That's true. 
no more cleaning up after Young for Sabrina. Young just like as Young walks to the throw bark, just says to the rest of you, "Which one of you told her about the the, the bomb situation? Come on, that's that's messed up, man." <laughs> it was probably Staples. Yeah, it was absolutely Staples. It was probably Staples. Staples loves talking about your vomit. <laughs> Get wrecked. It's her, it's her. That's what she likes to hear when she goes to bed at night. She'll recite us the, the vomit story. Just it gives, really gives her a reason for living. All right, so the thriller arc leaves the gore fields, and that arc is over. Uh, we'll we'll cut back to Serena every once in a while to see how her training is going, but um, you've succeeded. How do you feel about your performance? Bye, bitch. Bitches, the gore fields. And I guess the Duke. Bye, bitch, Duke. Yeah, actually, I'm going to say don't read Invisible Monsters. Like, really? On reflection. <laughs> What's the one about the plane crash? What, am I remembering wrong? Survivor is the name of the book about the plane crash. Survivor. Yes, that, but that's the one that came after... Um, I think Survivor came after Fight Club, but before Choke. I'm looking at it right now. Fight Club 96, Survivor 99, Invisible Monsters 99, Choke 2001. What are some other literature hot takes we can get into right now? Why don't these fucking people just publish their books in the order they write them? Don't go back to the well, dig up your old trash. All right, guys. Okay, so I think you need to call out C.S. Lewis. Yeah, Stephen King, I fucking see you. Oh, I was thinking (laughs) C.S. Lewis because all of it is not in order. It's not. Oh, Narnia. Come on. Okay. (laughs) The order in which they were written makes no sense. C.S. Lewis. <laughs> oh, that's the thing about C.S. Lewis that doesn't make sense. It's also very funny because, uh, like, you can see, I think, in like for a while, if you're not to- like, if you, you can see it not being super Jesusy. But when you get to the end of the final one, oh boy, it's just Jesus. He's not even pretending anymore. He's not even just like it's Aslan. It's just straight up Jesus. He definitely got paid off by the Turkish delight people, right? Because that candy sucks. No child would sell anything for a fucking Turkish delight. That is the most unbelievable part of any book ever written. I only know what Turkish delight is is because World Market opened and they sell it. And that's it. Yeah, it's right across the street from me at a place, too. And I'm just like, no, thank you. It's just like jam and chocolate, right? Okay, my pet my pet theory is that C.S. Lewis, at some point while writing the Narnia books, fucked up and forgot to delete the word Jesus from the, the manuscript, and the mm. publisher at some point had to go, now that's, you, you've written Jesus where you meant Aslan, friend. Just like, or did I? There you go. Yeah, I don't think it. I don't think it took to the last book. He gets he dies and gets resurrected in Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. I know, but I mean, like, he's literally just man, like a man. Just straight up Jesus yeah. at the very end. As Aslan becomes becomes the long haired like carpenter mid thirties. Yeah, man. he turns. He just turns into a dude. And all the furries were devastated. They were. Have you had Turkish delight, Laura? Is that a thing? <laughs> I think it's more of a thing over here in the UK. It's not good, but we have it here. <laughs> okay, because I've only ever seen it at World Markets, so I don't know. You you could theoretically like go into a a, a place where you could get like ah oh, there's a Mars bar there's a Snickers there's a, a foil sealed Turkish delight <laughs> that has been there for six years. I would judge whoever picked it up. I'd been like, you're either kidnapped and this is your way of like warning everybody. Or, like I picked up a Turkish delight, raise an alarm or something, 
or <laughs> this is some kind of code. Like inside is like secret FBI papers or something. You'd have like maintained that. six feet of distance from them before the pandemic. See, yeah. I bought it, but it's because I, I read the line which in the wardrobe, and I didn't know what Turkish delight was. <laughs> I was like, and you're oh. like, oh, it's got to be something amazing. He betrayed his whole family for this. Like, oh, this sucks. <laughs> God, Edward was a bitch. Well, it just it goes to illustrate how, like, tenuous that family connection really was. That's true. Like, if someone was like, if someone was like hey, do you want to betray your whole family for a bit of honey? Like, I mean, that's like the 99th <laughs> best candy, but I guess so. Whatever, witch. It's less the Turkish delight, I think, and more just... Oh, a cool, very powerful witch lady told me to do something. Sure, fine, whatever. I'll come with you. Oh, well, so they're just a sub. I get it now. <laughs> if a witch lady rolls up to you and she's like, I've got some circus peanuts for you <laughs> to betray your family. <laughs> God, hey, if it great. means I get to go away with you, cool witch lady, sure, sure, I'll do what you say. I'm just saying he could have bargained for some better candy. So this is the conversation you all are having on the Thriller Bark as you leave the Gorefields. Everyone's talking about their favorite candies and, and books that, in retrospect, aren't as good as you thought maybe they were at the time. It's very scintillating. But eventually, I think one of the NPCs is going to uh, butt in here and just say, Hey, so what are we doing? Zer? Uh, I don't know, Zer, what are we doing? I know we're going back to Harp City, but I did just kill a man there. Are we gonna just waltz into the place like that's not that what happened? I mean, uh, you know, lots of people kill lots of men every day. They don't notice you. They don't got cameras. We can, we can disguise you or whatever. Also, like the last people that we like killed a bunch of people of in that city, they came for us. They were no match for. It's not like it's going to be a problem if they come. Ah, uh, yeah, and you know, strength and numbers, right? And there's a bunch of us, and we got a bunch of animals. Uh, there are many, many more of us than you. And a real cool ship, and you know. And you can stay with the ship. It'll be fine. No, but I want. I like. I want to make her go shopping with me. Are we not? All potentially in danger. I mean, we're all always in potential danger. I'm just saying this ship was specifically noted to have dropped stuff off at the time. We're like on the manifest. They're going to know it's us. I mean. What if we all put on costumes? Let's wear each other's clothes. Why don't we just change the look of the ship? Okay, you want to play dress up with Amy's ship? Yes. Well, it's our ship now. Let's put a festoon on it. Ooh. Um, yeah, so, okay, so we're going to do, none of you are proficient with disguise kits, one assumes, so I think this is just going to be raw D20s for everybody. Uh, well. Is there a part of the ship? I do have mason's tools. What about? Yeah, that, that'll that work. Yeah. I have a crowbar. <laughs> I have a crowbar, and that's it. I, I have calligraphy tools. We can use Stuart's quills for, like, nails. All right, well, that was just a practice roll. So now I would do... Oh, my Lord. ...real roll. <laughs> oh, I, I I botched to help. Well, I... Oh, I rolled an 18, and then Laura botched. We all get advantage, right? <laughs> but we had the great bit about Turkish delights. Did my new psionic dice fix this problem? <laughs> no. no. Okay, so this is... This is very interesting. Uh, so the thriller bark is is rolling along, and you all decide you're going to disguise the ship as a different ship. So when you pull into the port, you aren't immediately identified as wanted 
uh, suspects in a murder investigation. Um, uh, t- describe to me, Vindros, what you're doing when things start going wrong. <laughs> oh. Do you hammer your hand? Um, I think I think Vindros thinks the best way to disguise the ship's identity is to just like make some, just like not not deep, but just like some like axe wounds in the side to be like, ah, oh, someone was attacking it. It's a it's it's a, bat, a battleship. It's not a smuggling people ship. Um, okay, so Vindros, you're running up and down the side of the thriller bark. It's like to whacking at its hull to put in some convincing battle damage. This is the battle damage thriller bark sold separately from the pristine <laughs> thriller bark action figure in stores. And I think you accidentally hit hit the uh, you hit the, one of the wheels, one of the tires, and you you break it, and you the the whole skiff starts listing to the side, and you have to stop to change tire. Oh no. Is is it obvious at this point that our attempt to disguise the ship has completely gone wrong and will not work? Not necessarily. So here's here's what happens: the thriller bark needs to pull over to on the salt flats to fix this tire, and so Young brings the the sails down. Uh, he slows down the shark horses and preposterous who are pulling it, and everyone gets out to try to change this tire. So why don't why don't you all uh, roll to change this tire? This uh, vehicle proficiency once again. Bramble, I believe, is the only one. Yeah, but I should get advantage for being like a dad. I I just botched vehicle proficiency. Come on, <laughs> got an eighteen. I got a Vindros. I got a. I'm sorry, I don't control D20s, roll twenties algorithm. I got a six. Laura, you're giving me such difficult writing prompts. I have to figure out how you can mess this up so badly. Austin, Austin, believe me, I would give you the easy writing prompts if I could. If you want to pretend that that was a crit or a just a mediocre <laughs> number, I'm happy to go with that. Save you the work. Well, my concern is that Vindros might have caught something from Corton, and now he's going to have to go and tell all of his partners. <laughs> oh no! Okay, Corton, <laughs> don't say that out loud. Just um, like Vindros. the show Scrotal Recall. <laughs> Gosh, dang it. Vindros, you hop out of the thriller bark, apologizing profusely. You help take the tire off, and when you you take you take it off the ship and you go to put it down on the salt flats next to you, it just br- immediately c- breaks right through and shatters the the thin layer of salt on top of what is underneath the, the flats here. As we've discussed, this whole this whole ocean bed is uh, really rife with dangerous objects. So you you smash open the salt by accident by dropping the tire down just thoughtlessly and the whole ship uh, begins sliding into this hole you've made everybody dexterity saving throw not to fall in the hole uh, the first things up is king there pushing somebody in <laughs> i didn't even think of that nine hey that's not a botch hey a 15 uh four Okay, so uh, Vindros and Corton fail. Everyone else succeeds. This actually makes perfect lore sense, right? So Vindros drops the tire. It cracks through the salt, and she falls, and Corton either jumps after her or falls with her because he likes to stick close. Which one is it, you think, Corton? Oh, jumps in. Okay, just immediately swan dives into these, this hole. And so you don't actually fall as far as you're worried because we just saw like a really bottomless pit that the iron elemental fell into. So that's a concern you have and jump anyway because that's how Gorton feels about Vindros. But you don't fall for long before you hit the ground and you're because you failed, you're going to take some damage here. Um, 
You both take fi- just five damage as you hit the ground, roughly. Okay. Uh, but a thing you notice immediately is that uh, this ground has long metal objects on it. Uh, there, <gasps> long metal strips on the ground, and it, it, each one is laid down on the wooden boards. Oh and shit! It, I want to roll history. Okay, it's a real. I want to peek down there and roll history. It's uh, it's 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 uh, oh I know what it is. Oh 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 oh, Mister Mister Cotter. Oh god, no, no one's gonna get a welcome back Cotter reference. <laughs> oh yeah, because the only welcome back Cotter reference I know is because it's in a Beastie Boys song. Do you mean? <laughs> Salute your sorts from Nickelodeon, because I know that. Oh, dear. Okay. Lola very eagerly wants to roll history. I want to know, because... Can you show me? I botched, so I don't know that's a railroad, but I know something. And you rolled a zero. Yeah. So, Lola, you botch on your history check to know about these strange metal these long metal things that are on the ground on these wooden planks. And there's also the metal tracks beneath them. Um, but I think you see, you see the shiny glint, like the sun glinting off the metal. And you think that there's a lot of shiny rocks down there and you just gave away your shiniest rock. Yeah. I was hoping I knew what it was. Cause then I could pretend to know stories of, of railroad hobos. But instead I just, uh, I just tumble over into the, the pit like a bitch. <laughs> okay, I mean, you didn't fail on any any body checks to fall that's, in there. Are that's you just, true. I just are you just going after the shiny? Because I do think you think, oh, let me just grab a shiny rock real quick. I yeah, I feel like Lola would try to reach for it, and uh, much like Lauren, <laughs> uh, would reach a little too far and then fall off because she's less balanced than she thinks. Hmm. Um. But I have Bradley, so I can grapple. Bramble, do you want to go down in the hole and look for shiny rocks with Lola? Yeah, that sounds like it might be advantageous to <laughs> have us all just go down this hole one by one. What's in this hole? Everyone should come down here. That won't be a problem. We'll all be able to get back up real easy. No problems. Um, It's dark down here. Do you have light? Uh... Well, uh, don't I have dark vision? Actually, I do with my new cleric power. I'm going to boop uh, uh, Lola's shiniest rock and make it illuminate. Okay, so I think this is where everyone finds out that Bramble has magic now. There you go. Watch your step. Oh, my stars and garters. What'd you just do there? I don't know. Is this literally the first time you've done this? Uh, somewhat. Certainly in practice. I boop things and they sometimes glow. What? <laughs> That seems distinctly different from this. Um, Why not? I booped your thing and now it glows. But maybe you should see a doctor about the poop thing later. Uh, Hey, free light. Thank you. You're very welcome. Now watch your step. Vindros, I think once Bramwell does this, the magic coming off of the rock is like distinctly familiar to you, as a, also as a cleric, but maybe in other ways as well. It feels... It's like if you you sm- you have like a scent memory of this magic, as it were. It's just very familiar, and it, it, it means something more than just oh, Bramble huh. has magic. When, when when did when 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 did this start happening? Quite recently. Since you started hanging around with us. Yes, I would suppose it would fall somewhere in that time frame. <laughs> 
What you thinking there, Vendross? Ah, well, this 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 would be the second person in the party who's who's started being in Corton's presence and then suddenly magic. Oh, I was taking it much more as like a perhaps cosmic sign that my days of being a warrior were coming to an end, but the universe still had use for me. You believe it's the charlatan's work? <laughs> I, I, <laughs> I am simply saying that is, if it's a coincidence, that is a heck of a coincidence. Corton is examining the railroad rails. <laughs> <laughs> like a good party member. Yeah, why don't we roll survival to uh, survey this this tunnel with these uh, strange tracks? Twenty, hooray! Oh, thank God! <laughs> Jesus Christ! Thirteen, eleven, <laughs> ten. So the party passes. Uh, what's interesting here is as you walk down these uh, these tracks in the tunnel is this this seems like a very specifically dug tunnel this isn't just like a weird cave uh none of you understand the concept of a subway uh tunnel but that's what this is and up ahead you see a derailed train which isn't something you can really put into any kind of meaningful context it just kind of looks like a weirdly shaped tube is all bent up in here and there are uh you know signs of violence as it like hit the walls and scraped across the ground but that it doesn't really mean anything to you uh, in a history sense. Just in a survival sense, though, you can pick over the wreckage, um, and there are uh, some some discarded personal effects that don't seem particularly valuable. Um, there's uh, like some like skeletons, some partial, some smashed, and whatever happened with this weird tube. And I think among the wreckage, one of the things you find that's interesting is a long metal pole. Uh, up top, which is a strange shape, which is so encrusted with blood that you really can't understand what the shape originally signified. Uh, it is, for the record, an octagon. Huh. Interesting. Is there a conductor's hat? Uh, Lola, if you had succeeded on your history check, you could know what a conductor is. Currently, you Damn. Don't. Damn it. So I'll just be like, that's a dumb hat. Doesn't mean anything. I would have to presume this is some kind of restaurant. <laughs> yeah, a restaurant of blood. The sequel to Bordello of Blood. <laughs> Bloodstaurant. Uh, but yeah, so that that's the thing you find here with a successful survival check, is this long metal pole with an octagon on top, an octagonal, almost like blade, but it's so crusted over with blood, just dry black blood, that it, this the piece on top, is its original meaning has been lost to you. Can I try to pick it up? Yep, you pick it up. It, 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 has a, it has a serious weight to it, and the way you can swing it around makes it feel like the top octagon metal piece is thin enough to be used as a kind of uh, axe. What is it? Interesting. Is this some sort of weapon? Perhaps wielded by a great warrior <laughs> of a demonic variety. Well, it looks like it's uh, probably the right size for you. I think both Vindros and Bramwell could potentially use this thing. But there, right now they have the Gentleman's Greeting and the Axe Baloney, which are formidable weapons in and of themselves. Well, I mean, you can always bring it for staples. I, I think um, if, if one of the two of us is going to take it, I think Vindros would ha- be happy for, uh, for Bramwell to take it, because new powers, new exciting stuff going on. Vindros has got enough of her own new cool shit to do. 
Uh, I don't know if I can wield it, though. It was a two-handed weapon before. We can reflavor this as whatever weapon you can wield. You're a fighter. You have you Actually, fighters have proficiency with all weapons, so... Okay. So, uh, add to your inventory, gentlemen, Bramwell. Uh, ancient stop sign. Plus Murder sign. Oh! It took me way too long to get that. It's the stop living sign. <laughs> That's very good. Plus two, and it crits on a 19, as well as a 20. Oh. Cool beans. Um, so now you have that. Uh, but it seems like the, the investigation into the subway was successful. So congratulations. This botch of Vindross has actually accomplished something. Hooray! I failed upwards. Can I... Ha is there any... Is there, like, a, an old metal bowl or, like, can or something that I could turn into a helmet for one of my animals? <laughs> sure. <laughs> to protect their, their soft little heads. Uh, sure. I'm too um, tired to fight you, Lauren. I'm going to use a can of, God, like, I don't know, shredded chicken. You make chicken salad with? No, I can't do that to Sandra. Okay, hold on. You're a monster. What the fuck? No, I just was like, the smallest animal. What's a good size can for that nog? Uh, a can of peaches or something. Something that's not related to her <laughs> physical existence. And I cut a little part in the top for her fox ears. Um, and now her head is very protected. Okay, what do the rest of you do? Because that um, was cute. Well, <laughs> like I said, that is nothing. I was like, it's cute. Um, Vidros has a new plan, considering the whole disguise the ship plan has failed. I do have in my equipment, and I've, I've written this in a very specific wording, because Austin, this is what you told me the item was. One bribe-worthy amount of money. That's fair. And I mean, I mean... That sure sounds like an amount of money that maybe could be put on, hey, person who's at the docks, maybe you just fudge some numbers. We were never here. Oh, yeah, that's absolutely how that will shake it, shake out. So, yeah, no problem I, at all. If, if disguising the ship has failed, I think that's going to be Vindros's suggestion is bribe-worthy amount of money. Okay, so physically, the four of you, what do you do? Uh... <clears throat> how is the path back out looking? It looks like you walk back down the train tracks and look up and there's just a hole in what is the the ground from one perspective and is the sky from yours. Can we tie a rope to Vindros and have Vindros jump really high up? I, I think for most of the party, other than Bramwell, could probably just lift you up in my arms and leap out with you. Bramwell might be more tricky. <laughs> Uh, acrobatics, Vindros. Ten. Oh, I get advantage on that, I think. Uh, acrobatics, let me... Sixteen. Yeah. Alright, so sixteen, Vindros, you leap effortlessly out of the hole with a, a rope tied around your waist, and then you go over and tie it to the thriller bark, and everyone can climb up. You've successfully gotten out of the hole. Hooray! Um, you all emerge, blinking into the daylight, and uh, you see the Thriller Bark, which is empty. Come on! Gosh. Come on! Let, you, there was three botches in a row. You have to get fucked. They're, the dice mean nothing if I don't fuck you right now. Oh. I would like to investigate the ship. Oh, yeah. 
Yeah, I'm bad at that, but... I I would like to attempt to detect thoughts and see if any of our friends are still in thinking range. I got a seven on investigation, uh, so... I also got a seven. Uh, ten. Fuck. Eight. Uh, truly awful rolls. Some of the worst rolling I've ever seen in the history of this show. So, Vindros, you detect thoughts. You don't detect any thoughts but the the four party members right now. No one is within 100 yards of your current position. And then everyone looks around and just the party members are gone. Zer is gone. Staples is gone. Weaver is gone. Young is gone. And you don't see any reason why that should be the case. You're you're very, very concerned. This seems extremely, extremely bad. Yeah, that's not good. Um, can Vindras just attempt to leap as high as possible and see if there is anything in the distance that would be a sign of where where, where our friends have vanished to? Yeah, looking as perception. Twenty-two. Eighteen. Twenty-two and a crit. Nice. All right, not only did the party massively succeed, we got a crit from Corton. So I think, yeah, Vindros begins jumping up and looking around. I think with the crit, Corton, you just climb up into the crow's nest on the thriller bark and look out over the horizon. Mm-hmm. And you see in the distance uh, eight figures, uh, four who are your party members, and four people forcing them at weapon point into the burned remains of the mall. Oh, man, I knew we were going to go back to the mall. I would like to hop on Preposterous and ride off after them. Um, wait, wait, wait. Let me do this in a southern accent. Wait, bring me up there with you, please. Stuart cannot run this fast. We got a bigger ship. Yeah, to be clear, are you asking to split the party? Because uh, Preposterous no, is going to get there. Bramble's going to be by himself for a while. Yeah. Get in the ship and we'll sprint off in that direction. Yeah, let's okay. I mean, a little hasty. We should all just use the boat, and then when we get there, we can run them over with the boat. Okay, let's do it. Well, we don't want to run over our f- friends, but no, no, no. We'll run over the other guys, and then we can feed them to the shorts. It'll be great. Hmm. We need you, buddy. Is a ladder. Yeah, but how chaotic would it be for Bramble to ride preposterous off the thriller bark? That's pretty crazy. All right, I'm gonna ride on the ship. Yeah, so that when we get there, preposterous, preposterous can oh, leave. So can when when we get there, I can ride off the ship and ACDC's thunderstruck is playing while it's happening. Hell yeah! Yes, uh, everything you your little heart desires. I think to set the seed, like like this. If this were a film, it would be shot from, like, it would cut to the perspective of, you know, the other NPC characters out there being guided, you know, and, and you know, being prodded along, and it's a real slow, quiet scene, but in the background, you just hear, da, 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 da. <laughs> yeah. just getting louder and louder, right? Yeah. <laughs> All right, everyone roll vehicle proficiency for Angus Young Riffs. Oh, sweet. Nine. No, I I get a I get oh, advantage. No. Come on, oh, I can't no. boss on this. We double boss. Six. <laughs> That's two again. It's two botches. <laughs> Wait, didn't you say you had? Were you were you joking or do you have advantage, Chris? I don't have advantage. I have proficiency, but I feel like I should have advantage. If ACDC's playing. Come on now. Six botches tonight. 
That's ridiculous. I get six. <laughs> this is this is what <laughs> one might call preposterous. It's this very good, very good season. <laughs> Can we be fuck roll twenty? I'm gonna go beat the person who's in charge of roll twenty up. Who's with me? Season seven is the chaos season. Are we gonna die before we get to Harp City? <laughs> Like, just, <laughs> we're gonna, we're gonna, the boat's gonna fall through the fucking surface and we're just gonna die. Season seven is the only season not to get to 38 episodes in the end of its arc because every character dies. Okay, so I think the obvious thing with this botch is there's still only three wheels on the skiff, but in your excitement, you all forget that, jump on the skiff and take off after your party members. Fuck. And of course, you're just dragging this axle on the ground, and it's terrible. You're damaging it, you're warping it, and also you're just really slow. And so you don't get to the figures in time before they they usher your party members inside the mall. And so you can't run them over with the skiff. You're going to have to get out. That's all I so, wanted in this life, so and you took it from me. To- to continue this, the, the, the imagery from before, <laughs> it cuts to the actual ship. It's just <laughs> and we're like, oh! <laughs> uh, so you pull the, skill, the, the, you pull the thriller bark up to the mall. You've been here before. The Half of the mall is completely ashen ruins. Just, just the blackened boards of what used to be a building are just on the ground quietly. A thing you'll notice jumps out at you right away is that there are no bodies just laying in the parking lot like there were when you left. The ground is completely clean. Mm. Huh. So, uh, I don't know. Would it be a little uh, early to... It's a little early to to summon an animal to kill something. So let's just see what's up first. Uh, but yeah, ahead of you is the w- half of the mall that remains. You know that that's where your party members have been brought to. Uh, behind you is just the the ruins and a strangely clean parking lot. So that's where you are. What do you do? Uh, oh, let's Can fucking I go. do a check to kind of try to piece together why this parking lot is so clean? I That'd mean, probably I was... be investigation, right? Yeah. Or st- survival. Ooh. Or nature. Or survival. I got a seven. I got a 21. 16. Uh, 21 and 16. Uh, so, Corton, I think you just turn to the rest of them and look as they look around the parking lot and say, Halflings took care of their own, huh? Well, they're probably hungry. Uh, but a thing you think, I mean, you succeeded 21 and 16, that there should still be, it should be a messier scene. Like when halflings eat each other because they're cannibals in this setting, uh, they don't like delicately remove all of the the clothing and then you know uh, take apart the body like a skilled butcher. They just kind of go at it with their teeth and claws. Like the you know, I find that kind of offensive. I mean, it's really stereotyping a cannibalism. There can be refined cannibalism. Look at Hannibal Lecter. I was just say we've all seen Matt Mickelson. Right? You joke, but that's the vibe you're getting is with your success. Is like, okay, the cannibals uh, ate the bodies. That's fine. But there's not scraps and stuff. Did they, did they, Mads Mickelson, this parking lot? Let's find out. I want to ride in. Yeah, I'm going in. Preposterous. You ram the doors, uh, blasting them open for Gentleman Bramwell to ride in. Everyone else is running behind you. And you uh, see that the mall has kind of come to life. Uh, someone's been in here decorating. There are like uh, Party City was raided. There are streamers everywhere. All balloons got blown up and are, f- are filling the, the walkways. A bunch of machines are randomly on. Someone like switched on these old magical machines, which haven't been run since the apocalypse. Uh, there's like the smell of like fresh food somewhere that's wafting. This whole place is very different 
different from when you left it. Are they it. taking advantage of the dispensary? <laughs> is, there, is it is it dank in here, Lauren? Is that what you're asking? Yeah, is it dank? Oh, come on. Like, that would hold up. Well, no, because if they're bad, maybe they're not getting dang, like high because they have no fun. Oh, yeah. Of course, none of this stuff should be working this many years after the apocalypse, but because the worlds collided and actually broke space-time when they did so, did so a lot of things are, are actually in like some kind of strange time stasis until acted upon. Time stasis weed. <laughs> none of this should work. Time stasis weed, indeed. Uh, sir! Who is that? Show themselves! Uh, the inter the intercom system clicks on. This is normally where they'd play, you know, soft music during your <gasps> careless your small whisper experience. Yeah, careless whisper. <laughs> but this time they're playing Thunderstruck. No, you just hear a, a voice just giggle. Just <laughs> clicks off. Detect thoughts. Anyone nearby now? Hmm. Yeah, I think you, you're catching thoughts flicker in and out of your radius as multiple p- people are moving and hiding and like moving from cover to cover, cover in the stealth uh, action game sense around you, Vindros. And you just catch like fleeting glimpses of people moving around all around you trying to find the best ambush and uh, basically jump out and neck stab spots. But yeah, mm-hmm. there's, there's at least four people in here and they know you're here and they're excited to kill you. I fucking hate halflings. Can I... See what happens if I try to punch the ground with my cestus. Yeah, you want to you want to use that for this uh, arc? Yeah, I want to shake them out of their little hidey spots. All right, so I'm going to actually roll Constitution for this mall, which is not a thing I thought I would say today. <laughs> um, what what I have to just improv what a mall's constitution is. I want to go with three. Not not no, because they're failing now, and it's not the apocalypse. Yet, <laughs> so See, I know this answer doesn't help much, but I would think fairly constitute. It's a building. I, no, uh, the malls are failing. It should not have a good constitution. <laughs> Twenty-two. Really, I'd still say plus three is a lot. Fails. No, so gentlemen, Bramwell, you you pull the cestus up in the air, slam it down, and you crack the tile. But as the like the magic begins like rippling uh, in each direction, it just kind of fizzles out. It doesn't have the strength it did with two cestuses, unfortunately, and you are left uh, kind of uh, embarrassed as everyone looks over at you. You just punched a hole in the floor, but that didn't accomplish anything. Why don't you come out here and face us? I'm like, don't be a fucking coward. Um, if I can. Use my detect thoughts to get a sense of, oh, there are thoughts coming from there and there and there. Is that enough for me to cast a guiding bolt based on? I think all of you are standing around waiting for this ambush. And think if you catch a glimpse of someone, maybe you can fire at them. And let's just roll the dice uh, with uh, disadvantage for shooting at someone moving from cover to cover. If that's how you want to play this. 18 on the first and 26 on the second. I got an 18 still. Yeah, very good. So you see something moving from cover, and you just fire off a a, a bolt. Uh, how does that look, Vindros? Where does that come from? Just uh, your your shield, still? Uh, yeah, that. Uh, oh no, it comes from the the two smaller hands. So she's doing some sort of hand signals and throws her hands out, and like a kamehameha or something. Just a bolt of 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 light energy starts swooshing off into the air. 
Yeah. So you hit this person as they're moving from cover to cover, and now they're they're shining brightly so you can see wherever they go, and then you hear them curse under their breath. So they're going to take damage, which you roll right now, but it just, I just want to make clear that now this person can be attacked at any time, and they cannot sneak up on you. So that's something something good. Yeah. That's, that's 12 damage, and the next attack roll against that target has advantage, and also... They they're glowing, so people can just see see where they are now. The intercom clicks on again and says, "Well done. I wasn't expecting you to be able to match us now that we have been blessed." Oh, have you got pink crystals in you? Yes, the God King has seen fit to expand our minds and our horizons, and we thank him. I've I've got a question about the pink crystals. Did you do mon- villain monologues before, or are they just a thing that everyone gets when the pink crystal's going? Because everyone seems real into villain monologues after they get the crystals. If you would prefer to die in silence, that is your prerogative. Oh, it's not a complaint. I'm just genuinely curious about whether they give you an uncontrollable urge to monologue. It is a, it is a trend. Uh... It is a trend that happens. Everyone needs to go, I was given the power of the crystals and now I am unstoppable and will not a match for me. And if I'm totally honest, it cuts in on my action. I don't appreciate it. What's funny is that's this is actually 100% not true. The executioner was not capable of speech and the pelican started talking and Staples cut him off so he couldn't explain anything. And so I well, just... and, and, and none of these characters were present for the other one, but this is all very fun. <laughs> Uh, yeah, and you know, you gotta think it's, it's a rich person thing, right? Because, uh, it's not until they're all crystally that they start just fucking, ooh, my plan. Like, just, who has time? You got, like, who has time to monologue before you do your plan to do the goddamn plan? Okay, so, uh, but, but when do we get to the part where you, you know, threaten us and then... Uh, we have to come find you and find our friends and like. Is this one of those? You go. You have to make a choice. You can only save one of them. Woo! But uh, then we beat you anyway. We save them all. No, it turns off the intercom. <laughs> hey, hey, guys! Figured out the plan. Roll initiative, you assholes. <laughs>